What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Then and Now Sports Podcast. James and Nick back here with the championship edition of the podcast. Nick, how's it going? I'm doing good. And th- this this was wild to watch unfold this whole LSU season. They're going to make it 30 for 30 about this one. I'm telling you. From start to finish, I think I don't, I'm, we can't say we expected this LSU season to happen. But I think me and you've talked about it, and I've actually written some stuff that, like, this opportunity was always in front of them early from early in the season because they had the toughest schedule. And that was why everyone kind of looked at LSU saying, hey, you know, if we can get some wins at Texas, you know, you get a Bama win, get a Florida win, they're going to be a really serious beast in this uh, playoff discussion. And outside of, surprisingly, I would say the Florida game was their, like, toughest opponent yeah, Auburn it was the closest Auburn and Alabama also put up some close games but I think that Florida game they were really like Florida really had some momentum at some point and then it was just uh, I remember the interception late by Trask in the end zone kind of just sealed the deal on that but LSU not only played the toughest schedule but they dominated the toughest schedule so what what are your thoughts about this ridiculous LSU season um, it's definitely one of the greatest or one of the greatest teams I've ever watched in college football. And yeah, it, they were just able to overpower everything that came in the, in their path, whether it was a tough defense or like an equally dynamic offense, they just were, were too much for any other team. And that's rare to see. They put up over 40 points, 12 separate games this season. And I think that's a ridiculous stat because that's that's obviously the regular season for most teams, just 12 games. And in just 12 games, they put up at least 40 points. And their lowest point total was 23 against Auburn, which was another tough game that they went through. But, man, I mean... LSU really just ran through everybody, especially the Alabama game. We all remember that one. It was Alabama stormed back to make that close. But I mean, Burrow was just I think that was his most sensational game to me. Obviously, the past two playoff games are going to go down as legendary. But I mean, going on the road in Tuscaloosa and just quieting that crowd drive after drive is what uh, really sold Burrow for me. So, without any further ado, let's get into the game, because there was another team that LSU had to play, and that team played LSU very well in the first half. Would you say that? I would say that, and you also have to take take into account that Clemson also has a QB that's never lost a game in college, so that's also a big deal in terms of what LSU was going up against. The defending national champs and Trevor Lawrence came out hot in this game he gets a rushing touchdown on the first drive he's making nice plays the offense as a whole is just rolling and they're up 17 to 7 in the second quarter so you think hey lsu this is the first time we've seen lsu with like tr- like actual adversity where they're trailing I, and they need to start making big plays to to follow up i believe that was the first time they were ever down by double digits in the season so i think it was too so just uncharted territory for this team and they respond burrow that second quarter he ends up with three touchdown drives to go from 17 to 7 now they're at 28 to 17 so 
just an unbelievable second quarter performance by him. And then Clemson's offense kind of fell apart towards the end of the game. You have that one drive. They come out of the third quarter. They get a stop from LSU. And they get the ball back and they score. So you're looking at 28 to 25 midway through the third quarter. So this is anybody's ball game at this point. National champion Trevor Lawrence was, I, I think he, I thought he was really good in the first, the first half. Of, yeah, he was re- first drive he was really in the third quarter. The really good in the first. And half. then all the wheels just kind of fell apart. LSU's defense clamped down, and Lawrence had a lot of overthrows. He wasn't himself in the second half. And Burrow just took off. Burrow kept doing what he has been doing the whole season. Finds Thaddeus Morris for a touchdown. Terrence Marshall with a nice touchdown. Like, LSU kind of didn't let Clemson get any kind of momentum in the second half. Even when, you know, Clemson was knocking at the door of getting momentum, LSU kind of just shut them down. So... In terms of this Clemson offense, what do you think it was that held them back in this game? Or were they just running up into a a bulldog in LSU? Yeah, I think LSU just tired them out. Eventually, like, Clemson was was able to establish, like, their pace early in the game. And they were getting good, good punts off and getting LSU in bad field position. So they couldn't do much. They were striking when they had the opportunities to. And everything was going good for them. But once LSU got going, it's like it's like a train that can't be stopped. Like they're just going possession after possession after possession. And you know what? Um, even though Clemson's offense is good, this is a once in a generation offense. And you you just can't expect your team to keep up with it without some defensive pressure. And on the defensive side, every time they're scoring the defense is getting more tired and I just think LSU just played their game like they did all season and that's why they're one of the most dominant teams of all time. I mean, I thought Clemson came out of the gates and just had a great game plan. Uh, Obviously, they got fortunate with good field position to start off the game and then they were able to punt it to LSU and pin LSU deep inside their own territory. They did that two possessions in a row so that's seven plays and out. They get another four of the first five LSU possessions were punts. So Clemson started off defensively game planning. They did everything well. And I think they just ran into the buzzsaw, which was Joe Burrow and the most deserved Heisman we've ever seen. I think I, I'm i still young, but I don't think I've ever seen a season as historic and legendary as what Joe Burrow did this season. I mean, just the fact that he was able to take down all these mighty teams and I would say I don't know if you agree with this or not but I thought most of these games he kind of put the team on his back you know the Alabama game sticks out to me the Auburn game he finished that off the Florida game he finished that off and it's Uh, also and it's also such a great story this this guy who was um who went to Ohio State never got a chance to start there got beat out for the starting job in his last year there and then goes to LSU has a rough year and then goes on to put on the greatest the greatest season for a QB in college football history. It's crazy. And they cap off with the national championship. He has five touchdowns in this game, 463 yards. I mean, the way he carried... I mean, listen, this is a dominant team. This isn't just all Joe Burrow. The receivers, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson... 
proved that they were the toughest duo in the league to guard. You know, Thaddeus Moss came on as a pretty scary red zone target. He, he came down with two touchdowns in this game. Terrence Marshall was another guy they relied on as a receiver. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was outstanding at times. And then you have some NFL talent on this defense. You got Kavon, Kalevon uh, chasing and Grant Delpit to start off. And those guys are going to be, you know, Delpit's definitely a first rounder. Chasing's probably a second or third rounder. But those are guys that are going to pop out on that Sundays pretty soon. But let's talk about now the effect that this season is going to have going forward for LSU. Because listen, they're the national champs and this was a dominant season. But listen to the starters they're losing on offense. I'll just I'll just give you the number because obviously they're losing Burrow. But that's one, two, three, four, five, six guys that have already that are already onto the NFL draft. And then you have guys like Thaddeus Moss and Clyde Edwards-Alaire who can be a part of that draft. So we'll see what they do. So that's six starters they're already losing. And then on defense, they're losing one, two, three, four, five already. And that's with Chasing, who still hasn't made his decision, but you figure he's probably going to the draft, and Jacoby Stevens. So they're looking at possibly seven starters on defense that are gone and six on offense. I feel bad How- for Jamar Chase, man. Because and then, not only to mention, one more thing, sorry, they lost Joe Brady, too. So this is just oh, a yeah. mass That's exodus big. of people leaving LSU, this national championship team that was dominant, goes 15-0. and 0. Uh, How does the, the outlook for LSU look next season? I know it's, listen, LSU fans don't want to hear that. They just want to hear about their national championship. But looking forward to 2020, it does look like they have a lot of holes they're going to have to plug in. Yeah, it, it's a definitely a, a monster task to accomplish to maintain this with all the losses they've taken. Are we still going to have, um during the coaches roundup episode we're going to do, are we still going to do Joe Brady? Yeah, we'll definitely get to him. I mean, he goes to the Panthers. That's definitely something worth noting. Okay, just wanted to check. And yeah, it, it it's going to be crazy. I think Coach O has a big task ahead of him. And we're going to have to look at their recruiting class real close. Everybody's going to be looking at that because the, the, the exact topic you're bringing up, there was so much lost. How, who is coming in to maintain the success, the standard that was just put up by one of the greatest teams of our generation? It, it's tough. I don't think it's possible for them to lose this many players and have a repeat in terms of, you know, 15-0. and 0, But... Listen, they play Texas again next year. That it's going to be a uh, a home and home they have. They're going to be home this time for Texas. Uh, of course, they're going to have to play Alabama again. I don't know what their SEC schedule shakes out, but yeah, it's going to be still a pretty tough road to get back to where they were this year. And I love what I saw from Coach O this year. I, he's got to be my favorite college coach at this point. Just his energy and. How he turned around that that, not that he turned around, but there was a little bit of, a, a bit of a rocky road for LSU fans a couple of years back before Coach O got there, and he kind of steered the ship back in the right direction, and he just embodies Louisiana and LSU, so it's really fun to watch him be the coach, and it's going to be interesting to see how he han- handles the hangover from this championship team. Now, if we can just shape. Ship to the other side, Clemson now. 
This is a team that won the national championship last year, was in position to win the national championship this year. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence back. What are the chances? What's the percentage you put them at at getting back to the national championship next year? I actually feel like Clemson has established themselves as one of those dynasty-like teams like Alabama. In terms of right now, I'll, I'll mean like overall historically, but right now they are at that level. And when you're at that level, when you have that presence, you, you seem to get maintained success over time. I think they're going to get probably one of the top recruiting classes of this year. Um, Dabo's still their coach and Dabo's a great coach. People have been forgetting that recently. And yeah, I think, I think when you have the structure and the, the maintained success that, that Clemson has been building over the past few years, that's, that's destined to stay unless something, something goes awry in the process. Well, uh, I'll answer your question. You said you got to check out some recruiting classes. Clemson is actually the number one recruiting class for next year. So there you go. So they're getting that and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Ross are coming back. So this team, like you said, I believe they're all, I also believe they're a dynasty and I think they're set to be at least one of the four teams, not to mention the fact that the ACC is a bit of a, become a bit of a weak conference now. And you don't know what you're going to expect from teams like Virginia Tech and Virginia and Pitt, you know? So I don't know if any of those teams are ready to upend Clemson, especially with Trevor Lawrence. Now it is third year of starting. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, we're going to finish with LSU, but let's just like keep looking forward to 2020. Are there, other, are there any other teams that you're thinking about as title contenders next year? Because I think... I don't know. Would you agree with me to say that LSU probably doesn't make it back to the Final Four next year? Like you said, it's just tough to envision them having like a sustained amount of success when you're when you're coming off your your QB who just had the greatest season by QB in college football history is leaving. One of your top receiving threats is leaving. Your your star safety and a bunch of other positions. It's just so tough to replace that immediately. But if if Coach O and LSU can maintain that branding, that, that identity they're building there, I think they can use this to their advantage in recruiting for years to come. So hopefully that, that input stays and they can have success going forward. But in terms of next year, I don't think they're going to make it back to this level of success. And to be uh, just to throw this out, I don't think LSU fans are going to be that upset. I think to get this season, this a magical season, I think they'll trade, uh, you know, a seven or eight win season for next year. For, and like I for, said, this is good this. for recruiting. Like you, you have this season, you have this um, team that's already been being held to this high of a scan of a standard historically. I mean, that's good. Like for. For recruiting and telling players who they're coming to play for when they see coach O on TV with his personality and how he talks about the game of football it's it's great for recruiting and their marketing so good for them there well we kind of sidetracked so one team that you're looking at for next year I'll just give mine real quick it's hard to not look at Ohio State again as they were so close to you know, upending Clemson and facing LSU this year. 
it's it's hard to not look at them and think that they won't be one of the best teams and they're going to return a lot of key players obviously they're going to lose chase young which is brutal but they are going to get another guy another team that brings their quarterback they're going to have justin fields back and you know they are they're going to lose guys like dobbins jeffrey okuda but i think with fields leading the show and they still have just an extremely athletic receiving core that's not going to go away anytime soon I think Ohio State will be back once again as a top four team. And I think it's still way too early to tell if they're going to make it or not. But I think they can be a championship team next year. Well, you took my my choice away. Damn. I had it all set up for Ohio State, but I agree with you. I think Ohio State is going to be a top four team last next year because, um, like you said, they have that stability at the most important position on the field, quarterback. Um, Justin Fields was great this year, and if he takes it to the next level next year, who knows what they could accomplish. I also see them being in the top four. Alabama is another team I'm going to watch out for. You know, their one LSU loss, well, their one, if, if Tua stays healthy, realistically, they probably get back into the, the, cha- the playoff. Because if they beat Auburn that week, I don't think I think if you compare that that Alabama team versus the Big Twelve champ Oklahoma, it would be tough. But I think Alabama gets in. So if they had, if Tua was healthy and they had just taken care of Auburn, they realistically probably would have been back in here. And I think they'll be back next year. So that's that's my I threw in an extra team in there. They also um are they gonna start um Tua's brother next year? I forgot. It's a name. possibility. Yeah, I mean, they might throw him out there because uh, the quarterback they had this year, you know, he was solid. But, you know, Mac Jones wasn't really like the world beater that we thought, especially in that Auburn game. He made some big mistakes. But I I think he showed a lot in that Michigan game. He played pretty well there. So if you can just get a little more consistency out of him, I think there's too much talent on that team around him. Because, listen, remember the Alabama teams that we have – thought as thought of as the best teams you know 2012 2015 like those teams won with like obviously they had AJ McCarron for the 2012 one but 2015 I can't even tell you off the top of my head the quarterback's name I remember it was like a graduate transfer or something but you know they don't really have a history of quarterback success you know they usually do their their business with a quarterback who you know does gets the job done but isn't you know it they, i don't think they've ever had a guy like Tua before is what i'm trying to say in simpler terms so they'll rebound from that now i guess let's finish off with uh the you know the topic that everyone's talking about the the sports heads are talking about is lsu this lsu team the best team in college football history I'm going to leave the floor to you to start it off. Wow. So I already hinted it like in, um, and like previous things I've said already. I, I do think this is, but in, in my lifetime, this is certainly the most dominant team in college football I've ever seen. Because as far as the ones I vividly remember, like the main competition to this team would be, Florida State when they won the national championship and some of those Alabama teams. And to me, I don't think they're ever going to create the impression. They didn't create the impression that this LSU 
team is going to leave behind. Like, I feel like I'm going to remember this team for years to come. I'm going to remember how good Joe Burrow was in college. Coach O saying go Tigers after every interview and all of that. So, and I think like 30 for 30, these are the teams 30 for 30s get made on. So, yeah, I think in terms, as far as I've been alive, this is the most dominant team I've, I've ever watched. So I just keep coming back to those Alabama teams. Florida State, I, w- I, I would think about it, but I mean, LSU has just been way more convincing. If you remember those Florida State teams, they were always very good. They won, they took care of business, but there were a lot of times people weren't fully convinced that that team was as good as you know their record said. I don't know if you remember uh, that 2014, they did the first college football playoff rankings and Florida State was like third or fourth. And it's like, really? This team just won the national championship and they're undefeated in their third or fourth? I feel like that kind of just gets the gist of how that team was viewed. You know, 2016 Clemson is definitely up there. You know, with Deshaun, that magical season. They did lose to Pitt, though. So, you know, I, I'm also going in terms of, like, you know, teams that we've been alive for, teams that we could actually appreciate. I... This LSU team, I think, is clearly just based on the resume. And, you know, that's what we've been coming back to all season with this LSU team is the yeah. resume, right? You know, Absolutely. M- maybe Ohio State was in statistically, like, they dominated offense and defense categories, so they were undisputed the number one there. But then when you, terms of, when you look in terms of opponents and, like, strength of schedule, no one was even in the same stratosphere as LSU. Ohio State actually was somewhat close. They played a really tough schedule as well. But LSU's schedule was uncomparable, and it's. I think that's what puts them over the top for me is the fact that they week in and week out played the best teams in college football, out like Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Clemson. Those are all teams that people were going to make the case for that could have been champions this year. Even Texas, I actually thought Texas would be a Final Four team this year. So beating them early on the season, maybe obviously you look at them how they finish and all oh, Texas stinks like they're not, they're not back. But they beat Utah. I think they did beat Utah, <laughs> and like a lot of people had expectations for Texas, and you know that LSU game kind of derailed them. So I like I, I'm gonna give them credit just as much credit for that one too. So I think the stat was like seven. Actually, I can count right here. One, two. Three, four, five, six, yeah, seven teams were, seven opponents of LSU were ranked in the top 10 going into that game, and LSU won each time. So, in terms of like the offensive output and the tough schedule, yes, this LSU team is the best team I've ever seen. Obviously, there's hundreds of 150 years of college football. That, you know, there are other teams that were just as good. Those old Nebraska teams, of course, the Miami teams, any of those teams you could throw into this debate. But in terms of the best teams that we've seen and our short college football viewing experiences, we're definitely going to have to agree that LSU is the king of that. Any other college football comments? This is it. You know what I mean? We got this some recruiting stuff. The NFL draft is coming up, but college football is donezo. Okay, uh, I'll say this. The Jets could have had Matt Rule. Isn't that crazy? And with that, we are going to end this week's <laughs> edition of the Then and Now Sports Podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed, and we will catch you guys next time.
Peace.